Hello and welcome to Taxed and Wasted by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. I'm Emilio Garcia and I'm here with Emily Dye. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so yeah. much for having me on. Uh, well, having you on. Please, <laughs> come on. This is your podcast. So, I know why you're good. The federal budget. It's like Gladys Berejiklian sat down at her computer and Googled, five-point plan <laughs> for economic recovery came across your paper and implemented it. Maybe not word for word, but pretty close, no? I mean, there's some, some of our key points made it into that budget, mm. and I am very happy. Um, stamp duty getting replaced with land tax. That is huge. Beautiful. That is historical. Yeah. I really hope that sets a precedent for the rest of Australia. Mm. Payroll tax has been reduced. And while I think it could be reduced quite a bit more. Like to zero. Like to zero, zero yeah. the ideal. <laughs> I don't see why we're taxing jobs. Mm. That doesn't make much sense to me. Of course. But it is now, we have one of the higher uh, payroll taxes in Australia here in New South Wales. Mm. And now that's reduced down quite a bit. Which good. Is very good. Okay. And lastly, regulations. Parate has promised to get rid of a bunch of unnecessary regulations. And a lot of the cuts that were made during COVID, like mm. delivery alcohol. Right. Um, and some of these other things that happened as a result of COVID, those things are going to stay. Fantastic. Telehealth, that's a, another oh, good one. So Telehealth is, is the big one for me. I know everyone was dreading the fact that at some point telehealth wouldn't uh, be uh, part of the, the scheme, basically, that lets you pay uh, your telehealth uh, visits, if you will. I'm not sure if they're visits, but your telehealth visits with Medicare, right? Mm -hmm. Now you can and you could during the pandemic, and now it's established. Oh, yeah. Isn't that much better? A doctor doesn't have to sit you down in his office, take all, uh, take everything down. Rather, oh, okay, you have a, you have a cold. Rick. Oh, how are you? Brilliant. And yeah. take a I Tylenol. Telehealth is perfect for <laughs> yeah. um, really lower income Australians. Mm. So, say you're in a salaried job, you can take time off. It's no big deal. But mm. if you're paid hourly. Taking oh, yeah. a day off and say you have to go to a bulk billing place, you have to go and you have to sit there and you have to wait. And mm. time is money, especially when you're paid by the hour or Indeed. you're not in one of those jobs that has the flexibility where you can just go to the doctor for half a day. Yeah. So it's huge. You can just call up your doctor and be like, hey, I'm sick. Can yeah. I get this thing right now? And it doesn't hurt your productivity. Indeed. So yeah. I think it's a great thing for inequality. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, uh, in my last job, this was a couple of years ago. I got very sick mm -hmm. on a Thursday, and their policy was if you get sick on a Thursday and can't come in on a Friday or a Monday, you need to get us a doctor's uh, note. And for my, my, my issue was I'm sick. I don't want to go outside, but if they didn't, then I would get in trouble. So I had to get my sick, contagious ass out of bed, go to a doctor's office, had to sit down. They had to take all of these stats about me and they had to ask about my history and they had to all this stuff and finally I got the little note and then I went home and you know collapsed which is like why was that necessary of course they didn't give me the option to do it online yeah so well I'm I still went, getting the fact that you need a doctor's note I mean I get that a lot of employers do that but man it sounds like you're in high school I know yeah yeah it's, like, it's, it's a thing don't skip out naughty yeah. kid yeah well note I, from your mother I worked in tech so it's basically a bunch of you know, adult children. So I think that's maybe why. Uh, so we've kind of skewed off the central topic. Basically, the federal, the the not the federal budget, the New South Wales budget, fantastic. Yeah, some yeah. really big wins. Um, obviously, no budget is perfect. Uh, hmm. There's a lot of government spending, um, which will increase the deficit, a huge increase on the debt um, in New South Wales as a result of this budget. That said, a lot of the things in the budget 
are meant to pay for themselves. And I think yep. stamp duty is the perfect example of that, where they've taken probably the most inefficient tax we have in Australia. Yep. And it's a state-by-state state tax, but it's in all the states, with sure. the exception of now New South Wales. Mm. So inefficient. It stops people from being able to purchase a home. If you're trying to save for a deposit, you're like, yes, I've got my 20% deposit. It's like, oh, wait, you actually need that $40,000 to pay the government? Yeah. It's and that's a lot of money, and housing's already very expensive. Indeed. And you actually made a great point, and this is something that a lot of people don't consider, but actually your mortgage, in a certain sense, does include the price yeah. of your um, stamp duty. And people say, no, that's not true. The bank won't lend you for the stamp duty. To which you respond, yes, but then the amount of money that you have to put towards stamp duty is money that you can't put down on your deposit. Oh, exactly. So you are... In essence, it's de facto. It doesn't matter what label you put on that money. Exactly. It matters how much money you have in your pocket at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And yep. yes, if you could pay your entire house outright, then you're not going to pay interest on the stamp duty. But I, I don't know very many people that are buying their houses outright, outright? especially no. in Australia, I mean, yeah. um, especially in New South Wales. We've right. got the world's well, second least affordable housing. Exactly. Well, you and I do because we have all that Coke brother money. Of oh, course, oh yeah. We, um, we only pretend to live middle class. I call it Charles or was it David? Yeah. Which, which I, don't know, I don't know which one. I'll call it we Coke. Just, we just get the money in. And uh, have him. We only pretend to have upper middle class lifestyles. Uh, <laughs> you know, just to fool everybody. Really. Really. Really, we're just multi-billionaires. Anyway, um, speaking of things that are uh, many billions of dollars, uh, the new train line. The new train line. Yeah. Well, so the budget has quite a bit in about trains um, mm. and infrastructure. And I think there's lots of arguments that this is a good thing. There's arguments that this is a bad thing. It's going to have long-term costs. Mm. It is going to create jobs right now because somebody's got to build that. Yeah. But we've really seen with this recession and with this um, crisis internationally, really, there's been a transition towards more public sector jobs. Yes. While the private sector loses out. Yep. And that's not something we really want to see in the economy. We want to see everybody win. Yes. We want to see the entire economy get back mm. um, get back to work and get back going. Sure. Um, but the government is really stepping in and saying, oh, we don't, we're not having a drop in unemployment because we're hiring yeah, everybody. Yes. <laughs> and I guess that works on paper, yeah. but somebody's got to pay for that. Indeed. And that's going to be the private sector. So, so we, we, we're better off making sure that we have robust and... Uh, profitable private sector and instead reduce the size of government dramatically. I would say, but part of what they're proposing here. So last week I was talking with Brian. He was outraged about the government's, <laughs> the, um, the, sorry, the airport's experience center, the $10 yes. million dollar experience center that's supposed to drive people. Apparently a lot of people are going to be like, oh, did you hear there's an experience center in Sydney airport? Honey, cancel the trip to Barbados. We're going to Sydney to yes. see the Experience Center. <laughs> but it's such an attraction, it turns out, that there's going to be a train line going straight to the Experience Center. It's, it's a train station. <laughs> uh, there's a train station that's going directly to the Western Sydney Airport. So then you can then happily go to your Experience Center. Um, I don't know if that was necessarily their goal of the train line, mm. but... It goes to the Experience Center. You can go, oh, go have your experiences at the Western Sydney Airport. Just hop on the train. Yeah. Now you don't have to fly there. Indeed. You're fairly well traveled. <laughs> Let me ask you. When was the last time you said, I really want to go to X, X City's airport? 
Good question. Well, I definitely have picked around um, to go to the airports with the best food. You mm. go to like um, Charlottesville Airport, they've got like mac and cheese and barbecues. Whenever I was flying okay. into DC, I got really excited about that. Okay. But no, not really. So like you, you selectively <laughs> choose your layovers or something like that. My layovers. If I'm going to sit for a couple hours in an airport, I'm yeah, yeah. I do the same thing. With the mac and cheese. Yeah. Uh, I, I try to avoid Los Angeles, for example, and oh, on my layovers because LAX is a disaster. LAX is the worst. But <laughs> have you ever said, I'm going to this country, to this city because of the airport? Yeah, no. Okay, exactly. <laughs> so uh, just to emphasize that that's the kind of reason but, that you can expect from our government. Scomo. I don't see why not. <laughs> I, I believe his exact words were, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Which is, I mean, as noncommittal a statement. Yeah. It's like if someone said, like, hey, do you want to have drinks in three weeks? Yeah, sure, why not? Like, yeah. maybe a million things will happen that will stop that from happening, but nah, yeah. whatever. Anywho, uh, we're going to move on now to South Australia. Yes. Now, we're filming this on a Thursday the 19th. So, by the time that this is aired, we'll probably be about five days into South Australia's new lockdowns. So, yesterday, the 18th, Australia, uh, South Australia had two new cases of coronavirus. Over, I believe, the last week, they'd had 22 cases in total across the entire state. So, out of an abundance of caution, they're going to shut down the state for six days. It's honestly it's just stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> When has the goal, why is the goal zero cases? That does not make sense to me um, mm. in any way, shape, or form. We right. should be protecting our elderly. We should be stopping deaths. Mm -hmm. I don't care about COVID cases. I care about exactly. COVID deaths. deaths. Exactly. That's the only number that matters to us. And yep. yet we've gotten so caught up in these cases yep. that we're treating. It's like you got COVID. Oh, you're dead now. Like, yeah. And it's like, no, it's, you're not gone. Yeah. What's going to happen is you're going to get antibodies yes. and then you're going to be safe from COVID for a period of time, which is a good thing. Every world leader apparently has gotten COVID, it seems. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I can't mention one that hasn't in terms of a president. Yeah. Uh, but, well, Mexico's president. That's the only one. Anyway, the, um, the fact that we've shifted the goalpost from flattening the curve to elimination I think is very telling. I think the governments, uh, local governments, federal governments have gotten very, very uh, drunk on the power that they've taken through COVID. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is now we're ignoring the question that you've brought up, which is what about the deaths? So yeah. if there's a hundred COVID cases and none of them are a vulnerable population, the hospital is an overrun, which means people can get fairly good treatment. Mm -hmm then is that a good reason to restrict the population in any way? Absolutely not. Um, I think that honestly, and this is super controversial, mm. it is a good thing for people like you and me to get COVID. Yes. Because, I, I mean, I would volunteer. I'll volunteer right now. Yeah. Somebody with COVID, cough, like, on me. cough on me, please. <laughs> uh, I am, if once I have COVID, then it means that for a period of time, I will not get COVID again. Yeah. Which means I'm safe. I am safe to go hang out with grandparents, with older yeah. individuals, with older Australians, and I'm not going to contaminate them. Yep. Because you have immunity. Exactly. So the more people that we have that are in their 20-somethings yep. and 30-somethings and 40-somethings mm. that get COVID is a really good thing. And so yep. I don't understand this panic. It's stupid. Yes, um, it is. is the only word for it. Mm. I think a lot of it is the media blowing this up as a big thing. Yep. Um, 
lockdowns are popular, which yes. blows my mind. It does. It really does. It blows my mind that people yeah. like Dan Andrews after he's put them effectively in jail yeah. for 22 weeks. Oh, it's ridiculous. Uh, have you have you had any like Dan Andrews supporters go after you on Twitter? Oh yeah, yeah. I know I have. It's like, do you notice that he's the only one that plunged his state into a into a state of disaster while the rest of the country was reopening? Like that's Scomo's fault. Like I fail to see how, but <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, ideology is a dangerous thing. I'm gonna change the subject really quick just because we're almost out of time and I don't want this to pass. The Australian media was paying attention to what a banker, I'm forgetting the bank right now, but some banker from one of the big banks said people should pay higher taxes if they started working from home during the pandemic. Yeah, this is silly. Um, so the idea is that there is this marginal benefit from working from home. You're getting, like, you're getting some sort of benefit and mm. we like to tax all of the things that your employer give you that are the extras, yeah. which we really shouldn't be doing. Um, so it's like, oh, it's this extra, it's this perk. You're getting an employment perk by yeah. working from home, so you should get taxed on that employment perk. But no one considers the fact that it costs money to work from home. And I think yeah. the ATO takes this into account to some extent. Of course. I should say no one. Yeah. In that you do get tax deductions for the amount of money that you spend on, let's say, rent. Um, yeah. My partner's working from home 100% now. Yeah. And she occasionally goes in on Fridays, but almost entirely from home. Yeah. And that is a part of the reason, if not all of the reason, we moved to a larger apartment and are spending right. more on rent is because we needed an extra space for an office. I have a very nice office, if I may say so myself. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Um, and we had to outfit that office, mm. which isn't cheap because yeah. we needed monitors, we needed keyboards, we needed desks. Desks. Oh, desks. Even an Ikea desk is going to set you back quite a bit. It's all Ikea. My entire office is Ikea. Yeah. Oh, I love Ikea. <laughs> but the thing is, um, the, the banker was basically saying, well, since they're the ones that kept their job, then they should pay more in order to compensate for the people who lost their job. And I understand a baseline uh, of, of his logic, perhaps, but ultimately it's not adequate logic because huh. we shouldn't be penalizing the people who didn't lose their jobs during COVID. Like, they're ultimately right now the economic base. They're the, they're the floor. Oh, yeah. That's where it didn't fall to. And now we're going to penalize them to drag them down a little bit. That doesn't seem particularly smart to me. You think we would have learned from our historical mistakes, mm. uh, but no, we don't. Um, back at President Hoover, uh, mm. well known for the disaster that was the Great Depression. Yes. Did a very similar thing. There was lots of stimulus. So market crashes. Um, Government starts pumping money back into the economy, yeah. um, trying to get things up and running. Um, mm. Lender of last resort comes in, starts giving money to banks, yeah. trying to get things up and running before it gets really bad. Yeah. And then the government goes, oh, crap. I have spent so, so much money. Much money. <laughs> what do we do? The deficit's rising. We're going to all panic. Mm. And then they're like, oh, let's increase taxes on the rich. Idiots. And when that happens, the rich no longer have money as much money to spend. Um, they're no longer employing as many people, and it just is this problem. So one, the worst thing you can do after a recession or during a recession mm. is tax more. Because of course. taxing, it, it's contractionary monetary policy. So when you're taxing more, it's taking money out of the economy instead of putting money into the economy. Yes. So it undo, uh, undoes yeah. all of the work you put in by spending this money on, say, train lines. Mm. 
None of that. Yes, ben the benefit's exactly. all lost when you just go and tax people. So, so true. Well, I think we're all shocked to see the government do something stupid. Uh, but Emily, we have reached the end of our podcast. So thank you for joining us. And thank everyone who's watching for joining us. If you haven't already, please subscribe on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. You can also get the video version of the podcast on Facebook and YouTube. And if you haven't become a member already, please do so at taxpayers.org.au. You get lots of great benefits. This has been taxed and wasted by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. We'll see you next time. Emily, thank you. Thank you.